Hi, everybody, and welcome to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, good morning. How are you, sir? No, I don't even want to be here. <sighs> Mark, man, we talked about this. Look, mm-mm. What, am I going to do the show by myself today? No one's going to want that, especially me. All right, look. <sighs> Inmate, uh, okay. So, so what happened? Tell the folks at home, the viewers. The viewers, there, might, there might be viewers. I don't even care just anymore. Just tell them, like, let's come clean. All right, look, let's, first of all, let, let's, let's level set, yeah. okay? This is called managing expectations. <laughs> this is going to be bad. Because, I don't know about that. Because, like, no, because, but look, the, the best victory mm. is snatched from the jaws of defeat. Something like that. I thought you said snacks, but yeah. <laughs> Most of my victories have snacks involved, but yeah, go ahead. Oh, everything's just unraveling. It is. Um, we had, so I, I'm going to do the classic good news, bad news. Here, here, let me say this. Yes, sir. Today's like deja vu all over again. Yeah, and then, but it repeats itself. Like Groundhog Day. Yeah. I won't do this a third time. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, fans of this uh, awesome uh, podcast, which you can probably uh, piece together what's happened. Yeah. There are certain things that you hear about that happen. You hear them happening to everybody. And there are certain things. And you go always to other people. Well, you hear about them and you go, that wouldn't happen to me. Like that would never happen to us. Yeah. It happened to us. Yeah, it sure did. Last week, we had one of the most stellar, awesome podcasts that we had ever recorded and we had guest stars and, and like impromptu singing and, and line dancing. And I mean, wow. th- this was going to catapult us into immortality. Like if we could get an Oscar for a podcast episode, this Don't, was they, the episode. Do they not do that? <laughs> Apparently not. No, they need to, cause we, we would have wanted. We had the front office research that and they said no. Holy crap. Yeah. But then apparently what happened is, uh, Constantine back in the booth. No, he, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I heard what happened, but I'm not hundred percent sure. And I, I'm not really sure. I really want to know. Well, it, on the one hand, it's very sweet because on account of, I heard that Constantine actually asked Harvey's sister to marry him. Oh my God. Did, did he get her a ring? And, and yeah, guess what kind of ring it was. It was not no. Yeah, it's a snacky onion ring. It's an onion ring. Yeah, of course no, it of is. Of course it was. Yeah, yeah it's Constantine. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. So, so then to celebrate their onion love, that oh, no. it, it got a little, Ugh. let's just say that things were happening in the booth and bodies were, and then one of their butts. I don't want to hear this. Well, it's I'll, I'll edit it. Fair. So blah, blah, blah happened. And then <laughs> apparently some part of someone's body hit <sighs> a button. Mm-hmm. And you know what button it was? Pretty sure it was the delete button. Yeah, it was the delete. <laughs> How did you know? And it was interesting because we're here again today. Look, doing the same episode. <laughs> That's how I knew. We got a report a few months back from the R&D department here at LFB Worldwide Headquarters. And they actually told us, I think their words were, why the hell would you have a delete button? Like, why would why you, is it so big? Why would. Yeah. And why it, is it delete everything? Yes, exactly. And they said, you we are advice as experts in the field is that you get rid of this button. Yeah. And we said, well, the, no one's ever going to accidentally no. hit that button. No. We're yeah. the, we, look, I appreciate that you guys are all nerdy and stuff. We're the on air talent, <laughs> you know. You know, at least in at least in Austin Powers, they had that plastic cover over the blow up the volcano layer button. <laughs> <laughs> we should 
should have at least taken a page out of their book. So you will be happy to know now that button has duct tape over it. Oh, good. And look, I took a Sharpie. I took a Sharpie yeah. and I wrote on the duct tape. Don't push. Don't push. Uh, or sit on it with your butt or whatever. Whatever. Practice your onion love at home. Yeah, I don't want to hear about that. Yeah, that, it just it's not a good thing. I mean, so. it's offensive in the first place. But then when it destroys my, our audio files and we we basically record this episode two Saturdays in a row, uh, that makes me grumpy. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not great for my And the odds of demeanor. us reaching the heights of last week's performance. Oh, no. Nothing. No. It's not going to happen. Look, like, what are the chances that Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman are just going to happen to upon, walk in the like studio. They're, again. They're, well, their car yeah. broke down yeah. and they oh, said, Hey, right. yeah. we're traveling as Forgot Amy, that's as we Amy and with. Nick do. <laughs> and, and they said, Hey, can you help us? Our car broke down. And we said like, hi, welcome to LFP worldwide headquarters. And like, then they're what? like, and they like took part shocked. in the episode and they, they commentated on it. And yeah. then, if I'm not mistaken, at one point, like all four of us broke out in a barber shop together. There was something it, it was like that. Outstanding. Yeah. It was amazing. Now, did, did he lost. also delete the pictures of this too on accident? Totally. Oh, okay. There is no proof. Damn it, Constantine. There's no proof of what I'm saying is true or false, <laughs> which is why I want you to take my word for it that it's sure. true. As you often do, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we have to do is I'm grumpy. I actually I'm del- I'm enjoying some coffee, some Good. delicious, delicious coffee from our, our box, yes, the, pirate yes, the pirate one coffee. that replaced yeah. Marbucks. Yeah. I have to admit, in 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 a in a peak of depression, I yeah. I did submit um, an application to them because <laughs> I don't know if I wanted to come back. This sucks. <laughs> you know what, Mark? I say we make the most of it, though. All right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, sure, we won't have great guest stars this week. And actually, you know what really did happen, though? No, what? We actually, the same button, yeah. deleted the entire Tech Watkins interview. Oh, no. Yeah. we The the only saving grace there is we, we had a backup of that. Oh, good. It's not quite as good as the version we were already 80% edited on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> which we now have to have the booth do again. Oh. Uh, those poor bastards. Those but, poor um, bastards. Yeah. Yeah, that's a dangerous button. We I, Maybe duct tape isn't enough? I don't know. Let's talk about that after the show. Like two. Two, Maybe duct two, tapes. two strands of duct tape. That'd like, and the other one says, I really mean it. Yeah. Don't, don't press this button. We're serious. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. All right. So look, we're, we're going to, so we, we had done and we're going to redo, uh, season I, six, episode 14 anniversaries. Anniversaries. Yeah. <laughs> this is the All anniversary right. of doing this episode last week. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's how it ties right. in. Yeah, um, this is we're going to make the most of it, Mark. Look, I'm grumpy and you're rarely good. So I don't know how that's this episode is going to so go. True. Uh, I wish that weren't true. That, <laughs> that hurt a little bit. But you know what? <laughs> it's it's not wrong. It's, it's tough love. It's tough. Love, All sure. right. Better than onion love. All right. Yeah. Well, anyway, oh. this episode, as I said last week, first aired on February 27th, mm. 2014. Yeah. Uh, which, Mark, if I remember, I pointed this out as well. The last episode before this was Ann and Chris, and that was way, way, way back on January 30th of 2014. So almost basically a month went by. Yeah. We, that and I is strange. I remember we committed to looking this up last week, but I think because of the tragedy, mm. uh, we, we didn't do that. So horrible, horrible maybe we'll tragedy. still do that one day. Yeah. That's interesting, though. Maybe they were trying to kind of distance themselves from the Rashida and Rob era. Departure. Maybe. Give her some time to get over their depression. Yeah. Maybe. It's possible. Yeah, you know what? It's interesting. Maybe that was part of it. I never thought about because that. Because I don't know why organically you would have had a gap like that. Like it wasn't around 
Like it wasn't around sweeps, right? Well, actually, Mark, I, I just got handed a note. So they, they researched this. Oh, they, Harvey's they, on it today. He's, he's trying to make up for uh, Constantine's, you know, thing. And because his sister's involved. So he feels a little bit bad, even though it's totally not his fault. I think he's trying to make us feel better. I think he has murder on his face. So he just, he just needs a distraction. So well, yeah, that's, what's going to make him feel better. He's focused right now on what's going to make us feel better, which is nice. Of him. So what did, what did Harvey say? So apparently uh, the beginning of February was the winter Olympics, three weeks worth of the oh. winter Olympics. So there you go. And uh, this, this particular night on the 27th of February, we're back. Community leads off at eight 30 parks and rec at eight, excuse me, community leads off at eight, eight, Parks and Rec is at 8.30 right afterwards. And then we got an hour of Hollywood game night, which I don't remember what that was, but I think, wasn't that kind of like, you know, like when they did the Olympic, there those games with the celebrities back in the 70s on ABC. It was like that, except I think they're playing. Oh, like Battle of the Network Stars? Yeah. That's what it was, the Battle of the Network Stars. I know. If you're not old enough to know what that is, look it up on YouTube because you just won't believe that it was a thing. Yeah. Like it's shocking. Like, like that, that was entertainment we all accepted. It wasn't great. <laughs> it was not great. I mean, it was interesting yeah. because you would see people in, in situations that they have no business being in. And so you'd Which go. Which is part of why it was funny, right? Yeah. Like, what is this train wreck that's about yeah, to happen? Yeah. But the fact that they, <laughs> I think they were, it was in their contracts that they had to do it. Maybe that's sure. it. It's like the, the whole car wreck thing. Like, it's yeah. a horrible thing, but you like, you have a you real trouble look away. looking away. You, yeah. You got to see what's going no, on there. I want to watch this train wreck yeah. happen, so. And then uh, 10 o'clock hour, we had Parenthood, so which I think had been the, the run here going into this uh, this part of the season. So I really anyway, like Winter Parenthood. Olympics. There you have it. Yep. So thank you. Uh, thank you, researchers. We appreciate uh, the information. Thank you, Harvey. <laughs> well, Mark, we should also mention this episode was directed by the great Morgan Sackett. Oh, yeah. He's our, our, one of our major producers of the show. And I think it's easy to say that the show wouldn't be this show without Morgan's uh, fingers all over it. So he directed this one, and this was the fourth of five he officially directed. Uh, and, but he also directed that their uh, special episode in 2020 that we all really loved. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he gets the golden megaphone. He gets the golden megaphone. The golden pen. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah. You. On the other hand, goes to Megan Amron who I, I follow and uh, on Instagram, on the socials. She's very funny. And uh, this was her third of five, but she's also credited with the golden pen for the 2020 special as well. Uh, I keep wanting to call it the comeback special, like it's Elvis. Right. You know, but it was just a special. Yeah. Because it, it was in the middle of the pandemic. And yeah. I know it made, it brightened my day. Yeah, I remember me too. that. Yeah, me too. absolutely. I'm if you sure haven't seen else. it, go see it. Yeah, go see it. It's out there. Uh, and... Um, Megan actually appeared in one episode as well. She was also a producer and story uh, story editor, actually, for 34 episodes. But she actually appeared on screen in Cones of Dutchar, which I think at the time we actually mentioned. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was yeah. one of the employees at uh, Tilton Radomski. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So there you have it. Did she call Ledgerman? They all called Ledgerman. I think they all wanted. Who didn't want Ledgerman? <laughs> no, I no want Ledgerman. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah. Why yeah, even yeah. do it otherwise? Yeah. Well, Mark, well, hey, why don't we get into our synopsises and uh, get this show on the road again? All right. All right. I, I'll pretend like this is <laughs> Come on. Fun. Make it happen, Mark. I'll pretend like it's fun. All right. So uh, I got, uh, um, I, I broke this sucker down into three stories. Hey. There you all have right. It. Good job. All right. At least I, uh, I got that going for you today. <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank you, Harvey. Uh, so my A story, it's... Uh, Alan, you know, I was told by the upper brass here that I 
did not do nearly as good a job as you typically do with your titles. Like, cause you yeah. always, you're real fancy and you usually have like a theme sometimes and you, and you yeah. say, I have a theme. Here's my it's theme. It's never good, but yeah, I do. And I, I don't have a, I don't have a theme. I just mutter things. Sure. And so they said, you need to be more like Alan. No one's ever said that ever, but go ahead. Yeah. I made him repeat it. Cause <laughs> I don't try to hear that. Right. I did. What'd you say? Like, all right. Him. Okay. My co-host. All right. So, Harsh, I have, but okay. I have a, I have a theme, and the theme is um, Beatles songs. Oh, I like it. So my A story, the title is "Come Together." That that's a terrific choice of the Beatles. That's songs. from the great album uh, Abbey Road. It is from 1969. Nice. All right, uh, with both Pawnee and Eagleton citizens still not happy about the towns merging a few months ago. Leslie goes on Wamapoke County Public Radio to convince people the merger was both a good idea and a success. After several callers criticized the merger, Leslie, deter- excuse me, Leslie determines the merger needs a win, something symbolic and happy for people to focus on. Later, while looking at a local newspaper, Leslie notices a couple of Pawnee, a couple from a Pawnee Eagleton marriage celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. She whips up a plan to use this couple as a symbol that Pawnee and Eagleton can come together and unite, including interviewing them on Pawnee Today. What could go wrong? I know. Unfortunately, it becomes clear this is not exactly a loving couple. In fact, they both despise the other. What will happen? Does the Pawnee Today interview with Joan Calamezzo go smoothly? Mm. Of course it does. Will the DeMarcos be the symbol of Pawnee Eagleton unity Leslie is looking for? Will Derry Murbles murder his new co-host? I hope so. Stay tuned to find out, dot, dot, dot. Nice job. Hey, Mark, uh, so you mentioned that I have a theme, and and sometimes I do. I I have a theme. Yeah, you're fancy. Yeah, I I get one of them there things. And uh, so you're, you're, I think, uh, remember this last week, we crisscrossed our A and our B story. Yeah. I'm actually going to fix it this week. So uh, my, my A story yeah. uh, uh, was, was the same as yours. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my, my, you know how book titles sometimes have subtitles, mm, right? So, yeah. um, and then sometimes they're like, they get changed all together. Like Star Wars colon Return of the Jedi. Yeah, sure. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, Return of the colon. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, no, there's a colon, then there's a Return of the Jedi. You're right, you're it's right. A health scare, so, but okay. Yeah, well, this week's off the rails anyway. Um, so, I think I got a mix of those today. Like, book titles redone, right? Okay. So, so my A story, you know, Thornton Wilder's famous novel, Our Town, yeah. was originally titled, Our Town is Better Than Your Town, Suck at Eagleton. Huh. But that was just too long for the book cover. Too long for letterhead and yeah. too long for book cover. Um, it is very specific to Eagleton, which I don't mind because yeah. they, they suck. Well, Thornton didn't like them either. I guess not. Yeah, he did. They're snotty people. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're kind of hoity-toity. They really well, are. Well, but then they, he retooled it to be not that. Not that. Just our town. Good job. Yeah. Good job, Thornton. <laughs> He's listening at home. He right. appreciates the, the, the shout out, Mark. Did Thornton hear who? Oh my I'm, God. I'm thinking of something else. Go ahead. That's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's something else altogether. Hey, Mark, how about your B story? What? Okay. Yeah. My B story um, going along with my theme is Jerry that weight is okay. It's not exactly, but it's I like it though. Yeah. It's pretty good. The homage to carry that weight. from. Uh, that's also from Abbey Road. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
Awesome. And, and Jerry's not the thinnest of guys, so it kind of fits. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> ben plans a big day of celebration with Leslie to commemorate their one year anniversary, but to surprise her and to ensure that she makes that dopey surprised face that he always seems to make when she gives him gifts, he decides to do it the day before their actual anniversary date. Ben enlists the help of Jerry, who has the most successful marriage of the entire gang, to help him orchestrate things. Unfortunately, with Leslie concentrating on all this crazy uh, merger stuff, Ben and Jerry are unable to they lure... They make ice cream. Oh, they're wonderful, delicious. Ben and Jerry are unable to lure Leslie to the secret events they have set up, and Ben is unsure what to do. Mm. How will this turn out? Did Jerry screw up any of Ben's plans? What gift did Ben ultimately give Leslie? What gift did Leslie ultimately get for Ben? Who ended up making the dopey surprised face? Stick around, podcast viewers. All will be revealed. Dot, dot, dot. Nice job. Mm -hmm. And since we had the same B story mm -hmm. this week, yeah. uh, my, my, my B story title is based on O. Henry's The Gift of the Magi. Mm. But apparently the original title was The Gift of the Benji. Mm. You see what I did there? Yeah, it's cuz on the account of it's Ben. It's Ben. Benji. That, that O. Henry. Yeah. He's a great he's candy a, bar. A wacky guy. Yeah. <laughs> he he's multi-talented. Yeah, good candy bar. When he doesn't have his fingers deep in chocolate, he's writing stuff. That's how they made Reese's. You, you got Is that, that confused. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. They stick the chocolate in the peanut butter and Reese's. And then you write something that's, oh, all right. Yeah. All right. Mark, how about your C story? God, I'm hungry now. Okay. I am too. C story. <clears throat> Again, with you continuing with your third and final Beatles song. Yeah, it's got a Beatles song in yeah. there. It's right. got to be the theme. Um, <laughs> with a little Yelp from my friends. <laughs> That's very good. That's I like not it. Not too subtle. Like okay. Yelp, the review site Yelp. <laughs> An homage to with a little help from my friends. For this is this one from Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, oh, 1967, yeah. two oh. years before Abbey Yeah. Road. All right. Ron goes to the Pawnee Animal Shelter to adopt a dog for Zoe and Ivy. Passionate about animals and being the freaking director of animal control, April helps him out but is frustrated and annoyed to learn that, once again, Donna has left work without any advance notice. Unsure how to approach disciplining Donna, April talks to Ron and then finally decides to submit an anonymous bad review via Yelp that chastises Donna for being absent, something which Donna is not very happy about. No, that was Ron's advice. That didn't no, seem like no. Ron. I said she talked to him, and then oh, but this, this is what. Yeah, that that's what she ended up doing. <laughs> what will happen? How does Donna react to the bad Yelp review? Will April and Donna resolve their differences? I know why you're laughing. What idea does all this internet silliness give Ron? Hang in there, true believers. Only time will tell. Dot dot dot. I just had a flash of Donna's face. I know. When you I said know. that question. I'm like, I, I know, know exactly I know the what answer. You, I know the scene you're talking yeah. about. All right. All right, Mark. Well, my third and final, you know, revisited uh, book title. I yeah. think that's what we should call this. Uh, was uh, R.L. Stein's children's book. Uh, you know, he writes the children's horror there. Actually, they're kind of spooky. Uh, my secret identity. Hmm. The subtitle was apparently. It's me, April, and I'm a scared of you, Donna. <laughs> that contextually didn't make sense. It's very, very, yeah. very specific. Very specific. You're not reaching a large audience no. with that, so I'm glad they dialed it they, back. They just crossed a line right through the subtitle, and we just wound up with my secret identity. Is RL 
the cousin of Frank N. And so, Mark, how about let's move on? How about actually, you know what? Before we move, that's a terrible <laughs> joke, by the way. Um, I, I do Don't want to acknowledge, acknowledge it before it. I right, move right, on. Right, yeah, right, right, yeah. Right. it was a joke and it was bad. Yeah, uh, actually, it's kind of funny. Yeah. But and we're getting close to Halloween. Yeah, we Especially are. Especially if we redo this episode every week for a while. Oh, then <laughs> we can hit it spot Halloween. on. Nailed yeah. it. Boom. Yeah. Um, Beatles trivia. Yeah. I, I didn't think about this last week because I'm not sure I knew this last week. What's that? So the song Let It Be from the album Let It Be in 1970, written by the great Paul McCartney, of yeah. course. You know, he mentions Mother Mary comes to me speaking mm-hmm. words of wisdom. Let it be, right? That's a... He's like really Catholic or something. Yeah, he's Catholic. Nope. He's not so Catholic. His mother died when he was four years old. And this, as an adult, he basically had a dream and his mother was in it. And she said the words to him, you know, just let it be. He woke up and wrote the song. Wow. So Mother Mary's literally his mother, Mary McCartney. Wow. I, I, don't, I don't know how it went as many years. I won't say how many years I've been on earth because it's a lot. Started within five or something. Yeah. But yeah. It, I did not know this until this week, but I just thought that was very interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that either. I had always assumed it was yeah. a, 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 a not so subtle Catholic reference. Yeah, me too. And I was wrong. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there you have it. We learned something this week. That's what we're here for, Mark. We're here for the teaching. Hey, the more you know, the more you grow. <laughs> That's true. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, let's grow into our AKA and then uh, get this show on the road. AKA? Oh, yeah. I forgot about That's that easy thing. for you to say. Yeah. Well, you know, Alan, because uh, M- NBC sucks on ice, we always come up yeah. with better titles. And, you know, th- yeah. this is no exception. Uh, sure. Th- there are lots of nice little snippets to choose They're from. They're not as bad as some of those book titles I had today. But yeah. No, right. no, no. Uh, there's no s- the uh, semicolon with this or anything. There's not. Uh, so what I said is uh, mine is from my man crush, Ron. Sure. And at one point he says very clearly and very briefly and succinctly. Dear Canada, f- you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember. We need the beep. I forgot that now. Yeah, we're going to need that again. Oh, yeah. Oops, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. The, the booth, they know how to deal with this stuff. Harvey, you can take care of Don't touch that button. No, don't touch that button. Just beep that. Here's the problem Good with Lord. the giant don't push this button uh-huh. sticker. It just makes them want to push the button. Don't think about a giant purple elephant. Done. Crap. Yeah, crap. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Yeah, that's true. Well, I like your AKA, Mark. Uh, mine's from my man crush, Derry Murbles. So. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Derry Murbles. I love Derry Murbles, played by the great Dan Castellaneta yes. from Simpsons and, and many, 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 other many, many other things. But uh, he was actually on the show last week, too. And it's just such a shame that we lost that... Uh, we lost that 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 episode. It was I, it's unbelievable the amount of talent just is just happenstance. There's like eleven guest stars in here, and we lost all of that. It's like you capture lightning in a bottle, and then boom, the bottle gets deleted because of that <laughs> damn button. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. So anyway, my my AKA from Derry is at a point where he's uh, he's having to tolerate his new co-host, which we'll learn about here in a moment. Mm. And he says, "Absorb the aggression, Derry." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So good. He's so good. He is so good. Well, hey, Mark, why don't we get into our breakdown and get the show on the road? All right. Let's break it down, break it down. All right. We start off with the cold open. Good again, place to start. Again, is a good place to start. All right. And it, we open this episode. It's actually a bright, sunny morning. Not unlike this one, honestly. 
Uh, and we see Leslie and Ben in their kitchen. And it looks like they're both uh, dressed for work, like ready to go into work. And Ben's drinking a cup of coffee. And Leslie's uh, sitting at the kitchen island next to him reading a paper, um, reading a newspaper. We, and we quickly learn a few things. So, A, Leslie and Ben's one-year wedding anniversary is tomorrow. B, Leslie had the newspaper print a very specific announcement of their anniversary, including lines like, the groom wore a butt so perfect it could make an angel hang itself. Yikes. Yikes. C, Ben goes over the anniversary rules with Leslie, which, among other things, includes the very important rule, no gifts. Sure. D, Leslie tells us via talking head that, oh, she's getting him a gift anyway. <laughs> and that Ben. Shocking. Ben has the cutest, dopiest, what? Surprise face that he gets when, when he's surprised by her gifts. And then finally, E, Ben tells us via his talking head that he is also getting right. Leslie a gift. And to increase the surprise quotient, he's giving it to her Today, meaning the oh, day yeah. before their she anniversary. Didn't expect that. It's brilliant. And he is determined to make her make the stupid dopey surprise face this year. She will make the face. She will make that stupid face. That's right. I love it. Well, Mark, from there, we kick off the main episode at the local PBS radio affiliate. And in the same way that you can't pick your family, we see that you also don't get to pick your coworkers. Man. Mark, you know what I'm saying here? Yeah. Cuts a little deep, but yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, all right. So, yeah, we, we cut to the radio station for WVYS, Wamapoke County Public Radio, where we see Leslie sitting with not one, but two hosts for the smash hit show, Thought for what Your thoughts. thoughts. Harvey, play the clip. Be careful of the button and play the clip. Gotta move that button. Yeah. Additional support for Pawnee Public Radio comes from the Edgar C. and Janice R. Lumway Foundation and the Richard and Lois Wallenberg Foundation Foundation, dedicated to the idea that all human beings deserve a chance to hear about foundations. Wow. Welcome to Thought for Your Thoughts. I'm your Pawneean host, Derry Murbles. And I'm your Eagletonian host, August Clementine. Yes, if you have not heard our program in a while, Thought for Your Thoughts now has a co-host thanks to the Pawnee-Eagleton merger. I believe that is the Eagleton-Pawnee merger, Nespa. I'd like to apologize to our listeners for my co-host's sudden and violent outburst <laughs> just now. Our guest is former city councilwoman Leslie Nope. Leslie, Thought for Your Thoughts. I said it. Yeah. Absorb the aggression. There it is. Very absorb the aggression. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. It's a thrill to be here. As a listener, I think the merging of your two shows has really created such a big, quiet, arcane ball of fun. It's been a couple of months since Pawnee and Eagleton officially merged. Things are going... Okay, there's still a little animosity between the two towns. I haven't seen Pawneeans this mad since Frankie's discontinued their pizza-stuffed crust pizza. It was a pizza whose crust was stuffed with little pizzas. Sure. And mm. the crust of those little pizzas was made of chocolate. They're delicious. Mm. Ms. Nope, I understand you're here today to try to convince us that this disastrous merger of our two towns was in any way a good idea. Yes, there were some bumps and bruises and a brief rash of arson and a rather large-scale brawl at the dump. But 
overall, the state of the merger is very strong. Scoff. Did you just say the word scoff? <laughs> you must admit, Mrs. Nob, <laughs> that the merging of the towns has been fraught with antipathy. For example, I now have to share my studio <laughs> with a fatuous twerp who shall remain <laughs> nameless. This twerp has a name, and it's August Ngutu Leibowitz Clementine. Dear, dear, dear God. Guys. Oh, they're mad. Hello? Look at him. There's going to be a fight right there in the booth. I love it. I think they were just inches away from it. Derry was absorbing the aggression, but it looked like he was running out of absorption. Yeah, yeah. There's an upper limit to anyone's absorbing yes. power. Yeah, at that point, it just becomes saturated, doesn't it? You know, Alan, during Leslie's talking head there, where she's talking about the merger, yeah. we see her uh, cleaning graffiti, and I think it's off a wall that's there on the Pawnee Eagleton the border. border. Yeah, we've seen that wall before. So on sure. one side, you may have, like, Eagleton-based like you know slander yeah. and then on the other side you know pawnees like of course, makes so sense. among the other things that we see her cleaning is pawnee you suck you go home pawnee <laughs> suck it eagleton and my favorite lurpus was here lurpus was with was spelled w-a-z love it because he's cool yeah i don't know which lurpus it was we don't know no i'm going with dennis no 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 yeah, I'm going with Dennis. All right, I Back like Back when it. he was, a, you know, a ute before he ran the video store there, the video drone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how that's going. I don't know. We'll have to check in with that. Mm. Well, Mark, we now catch up with Ben, who has realized that one-upping Leslie is such a monumental task that he needs to seek the assistance of the most resourceful person in the building. Mm. But then apparently he settles for Larry. <laughs> yes, he does. I always think I can't say Larry. I should. I know. I, it's, I, it's I, I, it's, he's going to be Jerry to me forever. My script even says Jerry on all these. So oh, it's my like gosh. It's right yeah. there. It's hurt so, me. <laughs> we briefly cut to Ben's office at City Hall, and we see Jerry helping Larry, helping Ben with his anniversary plans for Leslie. And Jerry, Larry, is very appreciative. But so is Ben. After all, as you said, Alan, he recognizes... Uh, uh, that Jerry has the most successful marriage of any of the gang. And although still to this day, Ben can't seem to wrap his head around why Gail is with Jerry. Like it, it might be hypnosis. Who knows? It's like little Sebastian. He didn't get it. No, it's going to be a mystery. Love it. Well, meanwhile, it turns out that one of the parks team is in the market for a family pet. And he just happens to know the director of the local animal shelter. It's all about the people, you know, it really is. Mm. So we now cut to the Pawnee Animal Shelter where we see April walking in with Ron. And apparently Zoe and Ivy want a dog and even gave him a drawing, I guess, to help him out there. Yeah. And and so it's a banana with spider arms. So like a chihuahua. Yeah. And uh, so Ron is there to oblige them and April's helping him walk through the process. So April brings out a dog. Ron likes the dog. He pets the dog. He calls him dog, dog. and says he'll take the dog. So that was kind of easy, right? Yeah, so given sure. how easy that was, April's kind of pleased that she was able to help that happen. But any pleased demeanor that she has evaporates away when she realizes that Donna has apparently ditched work yet again. Uh, what's she going to do? Womp womp. Did you notice that was Pawnee Animal Shelter number three? You're right. That yeah. it was number three. So yeah. there's like two more of those things. They're just solid with raccoons, apparently. So I don't know <laughs> how lousy else with have raccoons. Three. Lousy with raccoons. Yeah. There you go. New me. Overrun with raccoons. <laughs> there you go. 
Well, back over at the radio station, Leslie gets a chance to hear from local citizens on the merger, and we get a mix of both helpful and maybe not so helpful feedback from the local citizenry. That's right. We cut back to WVYS Public Radio, where Thought for Your Thoughts is still in progress, with Leslie now at this point taking calls regarding the merger. In general, the public appears to be against the merger. Uh, Leslie briefly thinks she'll get some support from one of the callers, but this particular caller, Andy, Andy. Uh, gives himself away by saying his name like, hi, everyone, I'm on the radio. And the camera pans to the hallway where he and Tom are apparently lurking. And he's like, they're on his cell phone, all giddy and everything. <laughs> I tell you, at, he's the a end, plant. at the end of this scene, yeah. we almost see Derry Murbles and August Clementine come to blows. Come, they're, they're, yeah. Like they're that close. Well, because that's when they're wrapping up, right? Right. Yeah, because <laughs> Derry says, I'm Derry Merbles, Augustine, August says, and I'm August Clementine, and I talk last. And, and good, I it, punch him. And then he like good lowers day. his head, thunk. He's so mad. <laughs> Poor Derry. Yeah. He's got to put up with a lot. Well, Mark, oh, some management books compare leading employees to walking through a live minefield. Well, apparently April only read the back cover of that particular book and is a little confused about how to proceed with disciplining Donna. The devil's in the details. Yep. We, we now cut to City Hall where we see April angrily march into Ron's office, picks up the partially functional landmine oh, he has on his desk, declaring she wants to blow up Donna's desk. You know to teach her a lesson <laughs> when April admits she feels weird about disciplining Donna, which I kind of understand. Sure. Ron suggests in typical Swanson fashion that she look Donna in the eyes and tell her exactly what she needs from her and to be mature and direct and firm. But instead later in the day, is that we, what she does? No, 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 no. We find out that April uh, left an anonymous Yelp review oh. trashing Donna because she was nowhere to be found. Donna becomes enraged at this, proclaiming that she's going to hunt this anonymous person down. <laughs> April looks a bit concerned. As she should be. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, to make matters worse, not only did she say boo, but it had five O's in it about five. Donna's performance. Five. Yeah. Not stars. O's. O's. Yeah. Well, in Leslie's office, sometimes inspiration comes from a deep personal experience and leads to an unexpectedly brilliant idea. And sometimes inspiration comes from Andy. I'm sure this will be just as good. It's amazing. Yeah. That's right. We now see Andy sitting with Leslie and Tom in their office. I forgot that they, they share They're back an to office. sharing an office. Because, yeah, she's been away for so long. I never even thought about it because yeah. she had her own office as city councilor. But, yeah, yeah they share an office. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, they're in their Leslie Tom shared office there. Andy's sitting with them and, and they're discussing how Leslie's radio hosting went, which is not great. You know, Jerry quietly pokes his head in and asks, wink, wink, if Leslie could come with him for a second, as there's something very special that he needs to show her. Unfortunately, Leslie is too stressed out and refuses to go and just rebuffs Jerry and turns him away. Ah, oh, geez. Um, when Andy mistakenly confuses Leslie and Ben's anniversary photo in the paper with a photo of another much older couple, Leslie is mildly annoyed that he actually thought that was them. But then she looked at the photo a little bit more closely and realizes this old couple not only just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary, but one is from Pawnee and one is from Eagleton. 
What a perfect opportunity. Leslie excitedly starts to put together a plan to use this couple as a symbol for how Pawnee and Eagleton can get along after all. A great example, if you will, of Pawnee Eagleton unity. Then she gets the epiphany sweats. <laughs> I love it. That'll happen. It will. Mark, I was uh, thinking they missed an opportunity here. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that, you know, Leslie moves back into the office that she and Tom previously shared. And I presume this whole time Tom's had the office to himself. Wouldn't it have yeah. been funny if he'd like taken it over in a very Tom way and there's really no room for Leslie and her desk's been moved and all of her stuff's been moved and, and been tommed? Oh, that would have been great. Like in, Visually, like, that'd be brilliant. Like they're his desk and then where Leslie's desk used to be like a big fancy cappuccino machine. Yeah. Or like, you know. DJ Roomba's park there. Oh my gosh. I think they missed an opportunity. All his swag. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Well, Mark, depending on how you define the word couple, you can certainly refer to a romantic couple doing things together, but apparently can also mean inviting an unexpected coworker to join you for a bit of R&R. Yup. We now see Jerry returning to Ben's office. It's and he, Larry. He, okay. I know, Jerry Larry. He returns to Ben's office and he's, he's sheepish, sheepishly ready to admit to Ben that he, he couldn't get Leslie to leave with him. We see at this point, Ben has apparently orchestrated what looks like a couple's massage. Hey, Harvey, play the clip, good sir. Thanks. Stop where you are and take off your clothes. It's couple's massage. Ah, where's Leslie? Oh, well, she seemed kind of stressed out. And then she yelled at me, and she said she was too busy to come. And since you had said, do not tell her the secret under any circumstance, oh, I felt- man. Well, that's a danger of doing things a day early, I guess. Mm. Should I text her, try again? Why don't you just go ahead, get your massage, and then hopefully we can get her in for the next thing. Okay, I have been kind of tense lately, just thinking about the new Star Wars sequel. I'm afraid they're gonna rely too heavily on CGI, and I'm <laughs> carrying it all in my shoulders. <laughs> just you? You paid for a couple. Well, can't believe I'm saying this, but, uh, Larry, would you like to get a couple's massage with me? I would love to. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Mark, I don't want to give anything away, but they did. They used too much CGI. So, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. He had a right to be stressed well, out there. He and his shoulders knew it. They knew it. Yeah. They knew it. Well, Mark, in our next scene, we get reminded that sometimes giant props can be helpful when communicating with members of the public. Say, you know, at a grand opening with a ribbon and giant pair of scissors. And sometimes giant props just lead to disappointment and angry confusion. Yeah. Like in this case. Yeah. Giant disappointment and confusion. Yes. Yeah. We now cut to Leslie, Tom, and Andy knocking on the front door of the home of Mr. and Mrs. DeMarco, the old couple celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. They answer and Leslie tells them they want to treat them to a very special day. Although, as you said, Alan, there's initially some mix-up about whether or not they won money. Apparently, the giant check... How much did they win? Uh, yeah, that check was misleading. Tom told her. <laughs> However, they managed to at least talk their way into the house. Well, I think they actually did end up giving some money. Like, whatever Leslie had in her purse, and then Andy had what? He had uh, Foot football cards and travel mouthwash. I gotta tell you, I was a little impressed that Andy would have travel mouthwash. That shows like a little forethought. Well, m much like Farmer Ted in 16 Candles, fresh bat breath is the uh, priority of his life. I see. Well, that could be. <laughs> Over at Donna's desk, you know that someone is about to get in trouble when IT is on the scene and examining your social media history. That's right. We now cut back to City Hall, where we see Donna talking to an IT guy in the bullpen, asking about the IP address of the Yelp reviewer. It's pronounced IP. 
It's the IP address. Yeah. Talking about the IP address. Um, the IT guy tells Donna the IP address came from someone inside City Hall. <gasps> oh, no. Donna proclaims she's going to come down on this dude like Thor's hammer Mjolnir. April looks even more concerned now. <laughs> Ron, by the way, who has been witnessing all this craziness, takes this opportunity to walk back into his office to continue writing bad reviews. Apparently, uh, he tells us via Talking Head that he found a good use for the Internet to find physical addresses where he can send his strongly worded analog letters. So, for example, uh, Alan, here's a letter uh, that he sent to a non-fat frozen yogurt (laughs) bar. And I quote. Dear frozen yogurt, you are the celery of desserts. Be ice cream or be nothing. Zero stars. Oh, that's, that's so brilliant. I love it. This little scene is pretty short, but it had that. And it also had Donna's, you know, I'm about to go Mjolnir on his ass. And they zoom into her face. Yeah, the camera like swoops oh, in like she's so good. Thanos or something. It was weird, but <laughs> terrific at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Well, out in front of City Hall, Ben has a very enchanted idea for his second idea. That is, assuming that he can even catch up with Leslie to present it in the first place. <laughs> it is enchanted. So we, we cut outside, uh, just right in front of City Hall, and we see a gorgeous horse-drawn carriage inspired by Ben watching the movie Enchanted several times. Of course. Because it's awesome. Yeah. Ben is already in the carriage, all dressed up in chantity and stuff, and calls Leslie on his cell, asking her <clears throat> if she'd like to go to uh, lunch with him. You know, just very casual. Super casual. Super casual. Uh, unfortunately, Leslie tells him that she's not even at the office. She's out trying to save the merger with the DeMarcos and stuff. So Ben is somewhat disappointed, and some things are able to be canceled, like the Waffle Buffet and the Hillary impersonator. <laughs> But but, uh, a lot of the deposits are non-refundable. So what the heck? Ben asks Jerry if he'd like to join him for a boy's day out in a horse-drawn carriage. And again, Jerry is delighted. And as the carriage pulls away, we see the two of them bonding a little bit. I love it. Good sir, tally-ho. I did. Oh, from the movie. (laughs) And they're bonding over the music, right? Well, yeah, yeah, they both agree it was amazing, but yeah. what didn't it get enough credit? And Ben says the score, and the Jerry score. says movie or yeah. music. And yeah, they, <gasps> as they realize, meant to be. Yup. Yeah. Well, across town, it's time to recreate a magic moment in the lives of a couple of young lovebirds, mm. or maybe in this case, we'll have to settle for something slightly less magical from a couple of old woodpeckers. Mm. Yeah, yeah what they are. That seems more yeah. likely. Well, yeah, these are uh, a couple of very small scenes back to back. So first we cut to a church somewhere in Pawnee where Leslie, Tom and Andy are attempting to recreate the DeMarco's original wedding photo from 50 years ago. Unfortunately, some cracks in the armor, let's say, are showing up. And as the DeMarco's do not seem to quite be the lovebirds that Leslie was hoping for. In fact, they don't even seem to really like each other. They're awfully grumpy. We then cut to the second scene which takes place at the Taste of Life Culinary School. Apparently, the couple's massage and horse-drawn carriage went so well, Ben decided to continue enjoying these activities with Jerry, who continues to be delighted. As Jerry tells Ben, the trick with paella is to use just enough saffron to complement the shellfish. And we see Ben really start to appreciate Jerry. Like, this may be 
Actually, Alan, one of the longest stretches that we've ever seen Jerry go without becoming Punching Bag Jerry. Well, the only Punching Bag Jerry I think we've technically even had was Andy's lines about him when they're not even in the same place together. See, I thought it would be like uh, when when Leslie rebuffed him. Well, that's true. Yeah. A little bit. But there's been very little. Very, like, very little. It hadn't been from Ben because I think he's starting to see kind of Jerry through a new lens. Ben never really punching bag Jerryed him. That's true. Like it, just in general, that's thing. not in his nature. It's, you're right. I have yeah. more to say about that too. Oh, I'm curious to hear it. Well, next up, Leslie prepares the couple for their appearance on with Joan and has to come clean about her true motivations. We now cut backstage to Pawnee Today, where we see Leslie trying to prepare the DeMarcos to go live on TV with Joan Calamezzo. And as the DeMarcos continue to snipe at each other, Leslie becomes more and more worried. This has the potential to go horribly wrong. When Joan waltzes in and tells everyone, it's go time, Leslie tries some straight talk with both the DeMarcos and basically pleads with them to look back over the past 50 years together and please focus on the good times for the sake of the merger. Well, Mark, if old movies have taught me anything, it's that when a scheme goes sideways, there always has to be a patsy to take the heat for those who really deserve it. Yep. And speaking of patsies, back at City <laughs> Hall, we see Kyle ah. <laughs> enter the bullpen. We don't have enough punching bag Jerry, so we got to go to our Fill bench. Fill in with some PBK. <laughs> so Kyle enters the bullpen and he walks up to Donna's desk and he, he asks, oh, you know, Donna, why did you want to see me? April then witnesses Donna call Kyle out for posting that bad Yelp review and ending by telling him he's fired. Kyle responds with confusion, not only because he doesn't know what Donna's talking about, but also because she's not his boss. He works for the city attorney's office. And we also have a very funny short scene with Ron, which is oh, where yeah. my uh, my AKA came yeah. from. Like, where, how much postage does it take to send a letter to Canada? Is it going to Canada? Canada. It says, dear Canada, f- you. <laughs> Oh and then God. after he says it, he has this silly little Swanson grin on his face. Like he's so pleased <laughs> he's with very himself. pleased with himself. <laughs> he's uh, he's struggling. Uh, he's making the most out of the digital world in a very analog way, isn't he? Yes, he yeah. is. That's a good way to put it. Well, back at Pawnee today, things go about as you would expect. And mm. we get to see that the bitter rivalry between Eagleton and Pawnee has been going on at least since the Cold War. Mm. I'm thinking it's longer. It's longer than that. We cut back to Pawnee today where Joan, Leslie, and the DeMarcos are now live on TV. Harvey, play the clip, buddy. Doug and Rosie DeMarco, 50 years. Tell us how you first met. (laughs) Well, it was 1963, and we met, and uh, it was great. (laughs) <laughs> Isn't love grand? 50 years of marriage, helping to bridge the meaningless divide between Pawnee and Eagleton. Yeah, my show, my questions. So, what is the secret sauce that we should all be putting on our marriage burgers? Well, we never go to bed angry. Never, ever would have thought of that. <laughs> oh, okay. I can't do this. Leslie, uh, you can keep your money. M- money? <laughs> 
you bribe them to be here? I, no. We, I, Leslie offered us each 200 bucks to uh, keep this going, but uh, it's impossible. You want to know why we got married? Bring it. I had no <laughs> prospects, and Dougie here had an alcohol problem. Plus, <laughs> the Cold War was happening, and frankly, we all thought we were going to die. Well, I figured I could really tick off my parents by shacking up with some Pawnee trash. Yeah, ta 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 Okay, you, we all agree that marriages have their ups and downs, but at the end of the day, they're worth it because who likes tap dancing? I slept with Sharon in 1979. I used to get out of the shower in front of your brother on purpose. That tap dancing is not helping, is it? No. Joan gotcha. Joan gotcha. You know what I thought was interesting is usually you hear about like, you better start tap dancing. Like you better be agile with where you're right. going to drive the conversation. Yeah. I think Leslie wanted to do that and then like panicked and literally started tap dancing on she TV. She didn't know what else to do. <laughs> oh my goodness. Did you notice also the cameraman just starts chuckling behind the camera? Oh, he can't help it. He's laughing. Joan looks at him and is like, uh-huh, this uh -huh. is great, isn't it? <laughs> Joan it does gotcha. Joan does gotcha. Well, Mark, back at City Hall, Leslie is licking her wounds and could really use some advice from Ben, who has moved on to the dancing portion of his five-part surprise gift. Yeah, it's now later in the day, and uh, Leslie and Tom and Andy are uh, back from Pawnee today. They're back at City Hall, and Andy tries to console Leslie, kind of, and we hear Leslie wonder what Ben is doing right now, dot, 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 which prompts a very timely scene change where we hear a very dramatic Latin dance music playing, and we see Ben and Jerry dancing the forbidden dance. I don't know if it's the forbidden dance or not. But they're, they're not only are they having a great time, but they receive great applause from everybody around them. I tell you, Alan, Ben may have found his new best friend. I can't tell who's leading there. Is it Jerry or Ben? I don't know. Yeah. I, it, I mean, based on the ice cream, I'd say Ben. It's Ben. Because <laughs> Ben's first. Yeah, Ben's Makes first. Makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. The, the, Mark, the forbidden dance, I believe, is the Lombada. I think this is a tango. I, I, a Lombada might be a step too far for the guys. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know about the levels of forbidnity. Yeah. Uh, so I yeah. you may be right. I, I think I am. As usual. Well, back in the bullpen, Ron is expressing his passionate views on healthy lifestyles, and uh April finally comes clean to Donna. Oh. Uh, back at City Hall, we see Ron walk out into the bullpen where he sees a, a tall, slender man in a sweater standing there. Harvey, play the clip and avoid the button. Can I help you? Yeah, I own Lettuce Eat, the vegan restaurant on Lowell Drive, and I wanted to know why you nailed this letter to my door. Veganism is the sad result of a morally corrupt mind. <laughs> Reconsider your life. Because I believe it. Good day. Carnivores, you're all the same. <laughs> How did that guy know where to find you? I assume he saw my name and address at the bottom of the letter I nailed to his door. You signed your real name? Of course I did. What's going to happen? A vegan is going to physically attack me? <laughs> they are basically made of glass. But more importantly, if you believe in something, you sign your name to it. Which is why the makers of carbonated water will soon know exactly where to find me. Donna, Kyle did not write those things, okay? I did. I know. You do? I checked what else that user had written. It was a review of a funeral home that said, great first date spot. I dragged Kyle in here to see if you would come clean. Well, you overestimated how much I care what happens to Kyle. 
or anyone, really, but I'm sorry that I didn't just talk to you. And I'm sorry I bailed on work. And I'm sorry I toyed with you instead of coming at you straight. From now on, we say what we feel. Cool? Cool. Your lipstick looks weird. You're going to want to shut your mouth right now. Good talk. <laughs> <laughs> I think she went a little too far with that. Uh, that is a pretty good uh, restaurant name. Let us eat. Let us eat. I love it. For, for a vegan restaurant, especially. Vegans are made of glass. Vegans are stupid. I, I've said it before. <laughs> you know, I've been mostly vegetarian for like 27 years. I was a vegan for like a year. It was the worst oh, I know. year of my life. You nearly turned to glass. It was awful. And then you replaced that, the glass in your body with eggs and fish. Eggs and, it, and you, fish. You and became yes. more human. Yeah, I became a lot more human, as a matter of fact. Yeah, that you know, being a vegetarian in Indiana 20-something years ago, not easy. Yeah. Still, still not all that easy. Although, there's a bunch of plant-based stuff now, which is kind of nice that we finally got that. And some of it actually tastes good. You've even said so yourself. You made me say the words I never thought I would say, this is not bad. Not bad. Yeah, it's very Swanson of you, as a matter yeah. of fact. Yeah. There are portions of this meal I have enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much how it went. Yeah. Well, over at Leslie and Ben's house, Leslie is finally dealing with her reality. And Ben gets high marks on his dinner, although they probably belong to Jerry somewhat. I would agree. It's now evening and we cut to Leslie and Ben's house where we see them having dinner together. Paella and shellfish, naturally. Sure. Um, trying to make Leslie feel better about the day's events, Ben tells her, you know what? Andy and Tom were right, actually. The DeMarcos don't matter because they're they're the past and the way to ensure the merger takes hold is to focus on the future the children and at these Ch words children are our future that's right we <laughs> see that trademark leslie nope spark in her eyes as she latches onto an idea although i will say alan at least she shows uh restraint to not get up and leave immediately to start on her plan she almost did <laughs> i mean after all they are eating this delicious delicious uh paella and shellfish dinner together <laughs> It makes you wonder if the dinner hadn't been so good if she would have actually gotten up and left. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, there was a time in her life when she probably would have done that. Yeah, uh, I think so. Maybe so, she has shown a little so restraint. Saying that she is calm now is not accurate, no. but she's showing more restraint. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, the right amount of saffron will do that to anybody. Mmm, delicious. Well, Mark, it's the following day and it's time to regroup and find a new approach to save the merger with some help from a very unique focus group. Yeah, the next morning at City Hall, we see Leslie and Ben leading a meeting. Um, I'm not sure what conference room it is. It doesn't matter. But in attendance in this miscellaneous... It's the Craig Middlebrooks conference room. Is that what it is, <laughs> yeah. Memorial? Yeah. We, in attendance, we see Tom, April, Andy, Craig, and a girl named Madison who apparently drove Craig there. <laughs> She's love, amazing. I love his delivery. <laughs> we learn that this is the first meeting of the Pawnee Eagleton Youth Committee. Ooh. After some brief introductions, Leslie and Ben tell them this group has an incredibly important job. You need to figure out how to hold this town together. So you're going to meet twice a week and you're going to use your energy and your youth to find a way to make this merger stick. We're going to order you some pizzas and we're leaving. Get to work. Is Andy technically a youth? No, oh, it's like it's like they said that like like some of you are there for, you know, oh, your yeah. energy and some of the you are there for your youth. And then some of them, uh, Pans and Andy, are there for your mental age. <laughs> I mean, whatever it takes, if he can contribute, he can contribute. That's true. I'm guessing Craig is there for his energy because he's got a lot of it. <laughs> My God. 
Well, Mark, after a break, Leslie is excited to see some active engagement, but is surprised to learn just how engaged the team was in such a short amount of time. Yeah, it's about an hour later, and we see Leslie walk back into the first meeting of the Pawnee Eagleton Youth Committee to see how things are going. Harvey, my man, play the clip. Okay, so it's been an hour. From out there, it looks like you guys were having some fun getting to know each other, so why don't we call this first meeting a success, and then we'll get together later in the week. Hold up, Sweet Pea. We have an idea. It's called the Unity Concert. It's a massive music and arts festival to celebrate the merger. We get artists and musicians from both towns to come together. It's gonna be like a giant Woodstock, except for instead of everybody rolling around in mud, they'll be rolling around in happiness. Or maybe mud, I don't know, I can't control the weather. <laughs> we wanna have a bunch of different band stages. You know, people will go to parts of the town they don't usually go to. Plus we'll have tents for art exhibits and panels and maybe a short film festival. Donna said she might be able to get genuine. That's giving me a reason to live. Yeah, it's not like everyone's gonna suddenly start holding hands and making out, but we figure why not throw a big three-day outdoor party, show everyone a good time, and maybe they'll forget about this stupid stuff. What do you think? I don't, I don't, even, I don't even, you know what I mean? What's wrong with her? Why is she making those noises? Oh. Oh, you don't know Leslie. That means that she loves it so much she can't speak. You guys, it's like, you guys are so amazing. Like, what? You do it here. My, my God. Uh, I guess she liked it. Oh, I just love where she issues the guttural. Oh, <laughs> she's so verklempt. Did you notice when she walked back in there? So it's an hour later. Yeah. And I wasn't really sure like what to expect, but you look at what they were doing oh, yeah. and they're like people like talking together, like, like uh, ur urgently is not yeah. the right word, but like with energy, there are yeah. people drawing on a couple of dry erase the whiteboards boards are full. They're full of yeah. ideas. Like yeah. they have been busy. Yeah. Well, maybe it was the right mix of people. Sometimes that's the, that's the thing, right? That is so. the, sometimes the thing. Yeah. Well, riding high from the success of the brainstorming session, Ben finally gets to share his secret gift with Leslie, and he's finally going to win this one, right, Mark? Of course. Why, why wouldn't he? For our kicker, our final scene, we cut to Leslie's office, where we see Ben walking in, eager to tell Leslie happy anniversary. Hey, Harvey, play us out, buddy. Happy anniversary. So I know we agreed on no gifts. What? But I did get you a gift. No. A bunch of them, actually. I was going to surprise you with them yesterday, but they never reached you. <clears throat> oh, my effing God. <gasps> you planned all of this for me? An enchanted carriage? This is amazing. Oh, and your scrapbook instincts are really good. I mean, this is a little rough, but you have a lot of talent here. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I actually defeated Leslie Nope at a gift exchange. Yes. Uh, yeah. About that. Happy anniversary. Uh-oh. Uh, it's the Iron Throne. It's the Iron Throne. Yes. It is. I had a guy at the model store make a replica. He's a bigger Game of Thrones fan than you are. <laughs> okay, I know I'm making that dumb surprise face, but I can't help it. This is the greatest gift I've ever received, Leslie. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. Yes. No. Yes. No. Come here. Come here, though, peasant. Come here. Who are you? Our starship is in trouble. Okay, oh, Leslie, Lord. listen, if you're not, if you don't know what you're I, talking about, don't screw up, don't <laughs> mix sci-fi with fantasy. What are you doing? Oh my gosh. Fade well, they're to together black. in the bookstore, science fiction fantasy. I guess that's true. 
but they don't belong together here. No, no, no. not in Game of Thrones. No. I love it. Yeah. Fade to black. Fade to black. Well, Mark, I want to talk more about Ben's reaction, but let's do this. Let's take a break really quick. We'll come back. We'll compare some notes and uh, we'll score this thing and send everybody home. Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. everybody. Thanks again for joining us. And thank you as always to our newest sponsor, Karenston's Rubber Nipples. We've got the nipples, baby. Well, welcome to Pawnee Public Radio's newest segment, Three Q's and Two A's. The show where we ask our special guests three questions and allow them to answer two of their choice. I'm Derry Merbles, continuing to fill in for David Parker, who, as you may recall, went on a three-month assignment to study the migration patterns of our nation's squirrels. I'm happy to report that after six months on the road, a case of endemic typhus, and three months of antibiotic-fueled bed rest, David is expected back later this week. All right, let's get right to it. Our special guest today is Ron Swanson here today to talk about a new podcast about life in Pawnee, aptly called Live from Pawnee. Uh, Please hold. Our producer is talking into my ear goggles, as my friends from the Beastie Boys would say. What's that? Oh, Oh, okay, yes. Sorry, folks, I'm being told that Mr. Swanson was not able to make it today and that the show has instead sent their own producer, who is also the newest member of their team, Harvey Patterson. Welcome, Harvey. Well, hello there yourself, Mr. Merble Mumbles, and let me tell you, when in the studio, I always spin the dial while talking in a circle, because otherwise, where do you put the corners? Do you know? I bet you do. Geometry. Uh Uh-huh. Well, Harvey, here is the first of my three cues, or, or questions, and you can choose to answer this one or pass. But if you pass... You'll need to answer the two remaining questions. Got it? Well, sure enough, Merble Mumbles. That's the way the cookie crumbles. When you get a song like that in your head, three questions asking, two answers giving, and one Merbles and me. You don't get a Grammy for wanting an Oscar, even if you are Felix. Odd couple. (laughs) Yes. Yes, we are. I understand that Live from Pawnee is a podcast about the hit show Parks and Recreation, which of course is based on life here in the real town of Pawnee, Indiana. Tell us what you think the show's creators, Mark and Alan, hope that their listeners will take away from this podcast. Sure thing, I'll tell you, Mr. Mumbles. Whenever Mark and Alan have listeners, they're probably viewers, and even so, sometimes they want the magic of Pawnee, and sometimes they just want a cool card trick, or a rabbit out of the hat, or in the forest. Either way, you tune in for the forest and not the trees, no matter how much wood a woodchuck chucks. And with my back to the wall, if I'm perfectly honest, I rather doubt the woodchuck chucks would go gophers. Yes, go gophers, indeed. Well, Harvey, you're filling in for Ron Swanson today, who is, of course, both a fictional character and, as it turns out, a real-life person. If I'm not mistaken, I saw him dropping you off today. If he drove here, couldn't he just come upstairs and do the interview himself? 
No comment means big pass, mumble fumble. Just because maybe you do or don't like the guy, that's hardly a reason to call a man fictional, much less a character. No matter the strength of the mustache or the direction of the weather vane, his face always points due north. Walk north, walk south, walk like a man, talk like a man, carry on my wayward son, Kansas. Well, I think you said that you were going to pass on this one. I can't be sure, but let's assume so. And that means that you will need to answer this next and final question. Harvey, I understand you are new to the podcast, but have a rich history, which includes both radio and television production. Why choose a podcast at this point in your career? Well, I tell you, my career is just one long string of jobs held together by the duct tape of employment. One town is very like another when your head's down over a pizza, brother. In this game, we're all players, and when I play to win, I turn off the TV. Understand? I don't need that kind of pressure. And there you are with your Peter Pan advice. After all, Merbley, if radio is the theater of the mind, wouldn't you have to admit that podcasts are the VCR tapes of the soul? Thoughts for your thoughts. (laughs) I see what you did there. Well, I believe we're going to count that as an answer, regardless. Thanks to my special guest today, Harvey Patterson of Live from Pawnee. Join us next week with your regular host and three new questions for Pawnee's own local celebrity, Joan Calamezzo, who has been known to ask a few cues of her own. (laughs) Thank you and good day, Pawnee. Joan gotcha! everybody we're back well hey mark uh you know we normally talk about deleted scenes and yeah. this one was a weird one we had uh gosh 11 minutes and 45 seconds it's beefy yeah it's beefy however you'd think oh my god that's like what 30 40 deleted scenes at least it's five right wow yeah. some of them were like two and seven minutes long it was crazy yeah um you know, Ben's, I think the longest one had to be Ben and his extended freak out over the Game of Thrones. I love throne. that. I love, love, love I that. love what they left in, but what they left out is, gosh, it's so good. I mean, it maybe goes on a little too long, but my God, it's funny. I His physicality. Oh, yeah. He, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Freak out Ben, manic Ben is one of my favorite yeah. Bens of all time, and he does it so well. I, yeah. I really wish they had made a producer's cut for yeah. this. Yeah. And Not I, only for that, but there are a couple of other scenes in there that I wouldn't have mind seeing in. Yeah. I think, you know, there's an extended version of, of Derry and Clementine. Mm. Uh, that where they, Leslie's there at the talk show. Yeah. yeah. And they they really, really, well, they actually get in a fight, don't they? A little bit. A little, little bit, slappy. A little slappy slap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Caller insults. I think one of them refers to it as the murder instead of the murder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was pretty funny. That was pretty say. funny. That uh, I think that was those are the bulk of kind of what was left out. You know, I, I would say, you know, they did include a bench scene, which I did appreciate with Jerry and Ben on the bench that you normally see Leslie like in front and of ben the on. field of wildflowers. Yes. that mural. Yeah. And then Donna walks by and Ben tries to play it off. It's like so. and that's the quintessential high school thing where like, you know, yeah. the, the, the jock. Yeah. Befriends the dork, the but Nord, then yeah. the jock didn't want to. The Nord, did I say the Nord? Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Nord. Yeah, the jock befriends the Nord, and and the then dork Nord, and, and then someone walks by, and then, and then he pretends like, oh, I don't. Yeah, I'm not I, really I, I, don't, I don't know them. Yeah. It's like Breakfast Club all over. And it was there. kind of sad. Yeah, it was a little sad. And you know what? I think because it was nice to see 
Ben treat Jerry that way and at face see, value. Yeah, yeah, and I think maybe they thought that was an unnecessary reversal. I'd like to believe that's why they took it out. I agree. Yeah. As nice as an homage as that was to yes. the bench. Yes. Agreed. I think I agree with you. I'm kind of yeah. glad they left that out because yeah. I like the way it felt. Yeah. The visual of him and, and, and Jerry as Leslie's replacement on the bench, though, was something. It was. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Well, Mark, hey, let's get into our first tropes, fun facts, all that jazz. Uh, how many firsts did you get this week? I only had two. I, I think you I, probably did better. I had six. Oh, my God. So take right. that. All right, goodbye, everybody. Put that in your pipe and smoke yeah. it. All right, what'd what you I, get, Mark? I got it's it's the first episode post Anne and Chris leaving. Got that one. Ha ha ha. First episode that includes Jim O'Hare and Retta in the show's opening credits. That's right. I think I had that as a fun fact. So, but good for you. That oh, is a first. Nice. Yeah. Uh, first time we see Derry Murbles with a co-host. Very good. I'm gonna argue this, but maybe this, this is just my opinion. I'm gonna say first solid. Ben Jerry storyline. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Almost the first solid Jerry anybody storyline. I guess that's true. To a degree. I guess that's true. Um, I mean, we've seen him at home before, but in the office, this is unheard of. I guess that's true. The closest that they probably came was when he claimed he got mugged, but really he just like fell down trying to get his burrito. <laughs> but I mean, it's, that was, it, that's that was, it. That was great. Yeah. Um, let's see what else I got. Uh, Oh, uh, Leslie and Ben's first wedding anniversary. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I missed that one. the first time we hear the mention of the Unity concert. Very true. Nice job. Yeah. The only other one I had, and you kind of said a variant of it, I said it's the first time we see any real effects of the merger. Right? Hmm. Which, you know, you kind of said as, as Derry and uh, Clementine together. So... You know, that's certainly a, an example. I like yours better, though. Like, we're we're seeing yeah. some, like, real ripple effects. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And there may be more. We'll see. Mark, how about tropes? I, I've got a big list here, and I bet we matched on a lot of them. I got a, a fairly big list. Um, I know sometimes we use different variants, but my sure. variant is a Pony and Eagleton hate each other, yeah, whatever that, that yeah. one is. The divide. Um, yeah. Punching bag Jerry, although just a li- just like a Smidge. little bitty bit. Yeah. Punching bag Kyle. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Welcome back, Kyle. Yeah. Um, welcome back. Welcome back. Sorry. No. Your dreams are your Cotter. tickets out. Yeah. Us, uh, John Sebastian. Um, <laughs> thoughts for your thoughts. That's really a mechanical trope. But I, I had it. I had pu- public radio snobs. Uh, I, yeah. Even better. Yeah. Even better. Um, Biggy Ben doesn't get it. Got that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, Jerry, Gary, Larry. Yeah. Uh, just cause I always say that. You have to. Um, I said fun with names. If for no other reason, let us eat yeah. the vegan restaurant. I thought that was pretty sure. clever. And there yeah. may have been some other funny names yeah. that I missed. Um, mugs to the camera. I don't know that there was a ton, but I clocked at least April doing it. Yeah. There may have been others. Um, sweet, stupid Andy. Oh my. He, he can't wait to be an in old spades, person. Yeah. He's in the youth c- committee because of his mental his age. Mental I freaking idea. love that. Um, we've had a variant on this. I said, Ron hates technology. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I, I mine was similar, I think, but, but yeah, um, same, and, same effect. And then I, I said, Ron is old school. I think that's what mine is. Oh, yeah. that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. That's Roz. Roz. There you um, go. and then finally I had a FDR food driven Ron, yeah. which I don't know if that's really a strong one, but just, be, you know, be ice cream or be nothing like, all right, I'll take it. <laughs> Um, and also, you know, you're a vegan and yeah, get out of here. You, yeah. you glass yeah. person, you, 
that's all I had. Did I miss any? I, I had my, my pairing with FDR, the driven Ron was Ron's a carnivore, right? Mm, I mean, cause he, that's a he, good one. he loves his meat. That's, that's a great sure. one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a couple other small ones, you know, Leslie won't give up, um, which is a constant theme. You could say that about almost every episode, I suppose. That's true. Uh, landmines are back in this episode. They've been in the episodes before. That's right. Yep. Um, let's see. I had, uh. The many gifts of Leslie, because the gift, art, g- Leslie has turned gift giving into an art form. And, you know, that that's present here as well. Yeah. And it's, I think it's actually spawned several plots and subplots in various, various yep. episodes, simply because people are trying to either match her gift giving yeah. ability or just not be embarrassed by how good she is. Well, Ben and Ann even competed to be the best. That's gift right. They're trying to get that Leslie. waffle maker. Yeah. So they've definitely done that before. I think the last one I had uh, was, you know, Leslie finally accepts reality and we've seen her kind of do this. And, you know, the, the point th- from A to B where she accepts reality has gotten shorter over time. Right. In the beginning, she's so stubborn. It just, it's like the very last, it's like right before fade to black, she finally accepts it. It's a little earlier this time. So mm. I think that's that kind of sign of growth, right? We've been hoping for to see in her personality at times. I'll buy that. Yeah. So Mark, how about uh, fun facts or goose? Uh, did you get any of those this week? Uh, I had um, no goofs and I had only one fun fact, which is that when Ben's talking about the stuff that he is able to cancel, like the waffle buffet and the Hillary Clinton oh, yeah, impersonator. Yeah. It's a nice tip of the hat to the fact that Amy Poehler on SNL was famous for impersonating Hillary Clinton. Yes, she was. And uh, even got to do it with, with her on screen once, which yeah, was terrific. That's yeah. right. The only other fun fact I had was the one that, you know, the Chris Pratt, this is a reunion between him and Deborah Mooney, who played Rosie DeMarco. They were both in the WB show Everwood together. Mm. So yeah, that was about it. She was, um, his grandmother. She's plays his grandmother. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's a, plays a younger man in that episode for sure. And then of course I mentioned Jim and Retta in the opening credits, which you did as a first more appropriately. So I think we debunked the only goof that we had seen on the internet about the Yelp system stars and blah, blah, blah. I think we talked about that last week. And I, I think so we, in our great, great yeah. podcast that we sadly had never to be heard. Yes. Gonna Trust like us. It was awesome. Be bad about that forever. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause yeah, we read on the wide, wide world of web. They said, Hey, you know, April left Donna zero stars and you can't do that on Yelp. Right. And, and we said, actually the only mention of zero stars was Ron, Ron yeah. in his very hand, hand typed analog letter. Yeah. You know, and, he didn't go to Yelp. Well, yeah, he didn't use Yelp. He used a piece of paper so he can use any system he wants. He, he might've yelled, but he didn't Yelp. Right. He can give them zero <laughs> little Sebastians. Oh my God. No. No, no, we can't do that. No, that's ours. That's on. That's not Ron allowed. will sue you. Don't don't even think about it. Don't even remember. No quarter points. Everything's one to ten. Yeah, that's it. Those are the rules. That's there right. No zero little Sebastians. Not allowed. <sighs> All right. We did discuss. The, you're right. You're right. Yeah. We discussed this. You think your parking space would help you remember that. Mm. But I'm just saying. Well, hey, Mark, why don't we get into our scores? I think we're there. All right. We are there. Um, my. Co-MVPs, Alan, for this episode are Adam Scott as Ben Wyatt and Jim O'Hare as Jerry, Gary, Larry, Gergich, Gengerch. Nice. Whatever it is. Uh, so with the departure of Ann and Chris in the previous episode, I think in some ways 
Ben has received essentially like a double promotion. Like not only has he essentially replaced mm. Chris, who, you know, in charge of the city of Pawnee, sure, sure. but in addition, he's also arguably replaced Anne as Leslie's number one uh, personal relationship slash confidant, blah, blah, blah. As we've said before, Adam Scott's freaking amazing. Yeah. And, and his scenes were some of my favorites in this episode by far from his going uh, manic over trying to be sure Leslie will be the one to make the face <laughs> to his uh, disclosure about the tension he's carrying in his shoulders because of this new Star Wars film to his OMG wonderful reaction to the Iron Throne in the episode kicker. So and last but not least, his ridiculous and outstanding scenes with my other co-MVP, yeah. Jim O'Hare. Very nice. While sorry to see Ann and Chris go, I am glad that as a byproduct, it managed to give Retta and Jim O'Hare a more accessible platform, mm -hmm. I think, to strut their stuff. And I felt like both of them stepped it up in this episode. Yep. However, I give Jim O'Hare the nod here because of his outstanding scenes with Adam Scott. And I have to admit, I love seeing Jerry appreciated for the awesome person that he is outside of his own house. I got to tell you, overall... I feel very conflicted about this entire episode. So in short, there were a lot of good points, but there were a lot of bad points and it, it felt very uneven. So for the A story, it started pretty good. I love the return to thought for your thoughts with Derry Murbles. I love, love, love that show. Um, I felt like Leslie was okay. Although I will admit I was a little confused as to why the merger seemed to matter to her more now than it did when she was on city council. Yeah, I found that interesting. Besides, Leslie originally orchestrated the merger to freaking save Eagleton. You'd think that they would be more grateful. Like, like, oh, this is horrible. Why did you do this? To save you. Duh. Wait, the citizens of something didn't appreciate something that somebody did for them? That's crazy, Mark. Weird. <laughs> While Tom and Andy in this A story both had occasional funny lines, to be honest, I had a hard time understanding why they were even there. Like, not mm. that they couldn't be with Leslie, but their presence didn't seem organic, mm -hmm. I guess. At the end there of it all. Tagalongs. Yeah. It's yeah. not like the merger needed saving, really. Like, the merger happened. It's done. It's a done deal. It does not need to be yeah. saved. I think this would have flowed a little bit better for me if she was looking at this as less of a urgent, 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 got to do it right now, right now, right now thing. And more of a long term, let's see if we can sway public opinion yeah. thing like that would have made a lot more sense. Yeah. And yet, despite all the negative stuff I'm saying here, I like that they came up with what I would consider a smart solution in the Unity concert. And I realize that that may have just been a vehicle to introduce it as a concept, but I liked it. Also, speaking of liking things, a big welcome back to one of my favorite recurring characters, Billy Eichner, as Craig Middlebrooks. His, his delivery always makes me laugh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, for the B story, it, it kind of worked for me, as evidenced by my choice of co-MVPs for this episode. Like, I know it was small and it was kind of a throwaway, but I love seeing Jerry appreciated for the awesome person that he is outside of his own house. Besides, when you think about it, Alan, I would say, just my opinion that Ben has a surprising amount in common with Jerry. I mean, he's, he's younger and according to Leslie, he has a better, butt. uh, but, but let's look at the facts. Ben is a huge nerd. Check. He always goes out of his way to be helpful and polite to those around him. Check. check. He married way out of his league. Check. And would probably be dismissed by many people around him. If it wasn't for Leslie being in his life. And yet 
Given all that, he would probably still consider these people dismissing him his friends. Just a theory. That's like, interesting. It's, it's like there's a little bit of a parallel there to a somewhat lesser degree, but still. Like, like I said earlier in the show, I think that Ben is the one person who rarely, if ever, has punching bag jerried Jerry. That's true. Because he's just too nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, just, just my opinion. Um, for the C story, it was okay. Like, both April and Donna had nice moments, and the actual storyline seemed decent, but not great. Like on the other hand, I did very much enjoy Ron's quips. Like Nick oh, yeah. Offerman yeah. has shown over and over again, Ron can be a powerhouse even when he isn't the focal point of the story. And maybe especially when he isn't the focal point of the story, when he can just come in and say something completely off the wall and wacky that just makes you bust out. And then, you know, but he's not the focal point, so you don't have to dwell on it. You That's know, true. I mean, dear Canada, bleep. <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me? That's awesome. So you can see my dilemma. Like for me, this episode flowed very unevenly. There were some incredible highs and some very memorable moments enough so that if they could be sustained, I you probably would have given this yeah. like a nine five. Yeah. Like that, that good. Yeah. But ultimately it didn't sustain mm. them and, and felt very uneven as a result. And yet the episode has several undeniable things going in its favor. Chief amongst which is it still reliably makes me laugh out loud multiple times every time I watch it. And that's not nothing. No, that's definitely not nothing. All right. On to the crazy Mark rubric. Give it to us, Mark. I'm going to give this sucker a four base score. I thought the B story was great. And the other two were okay, but were sprinkled with moments of brilliance is the way I'd put it. I'm going to give a half point for what I thought was a nice job by my episode co-MVPs, Adam Scott as Ben Wyatt and Jim O'Hare as Jerry, Gary, Larry. I'm going to give an entire point for a decent use of the comedic bench, plus props for Retta and Jim O'Hare stepping up to fill the void left by Rashida Jones and Rob Lowe, plus a nice list of guest stars, including Mo Collins mm-hmm. uh, as the uh, as Joan Calamezzo, uh, Dan Castaneda as Derry Murbles, John Hodgman as oh, yeah. August Clementine. Well done. As we said, Deborah Mooney as Rosie DeMarco. Peter Boners uh, oh from the Bob Newhart show yeah. and many other things. Many, many other things. As Doug DeMarco. Yeah. Uh, Billy Eichner as Craig Middlebrooks and Andy Forrest as Punching Bag Kyle. <laughs> um, Is that his official title now? Punching Bag Kyle? I think I it's got to it. be. Maybe we should I make think, it that, yeah. yeah. I'm going to give half point for font for your thoughts. I love, love, love going back to the radio station to see Derry Murbles with this now with this new un, unwelcome uh, co-host August Clementine. But I just love that whole thing. I'm going to give half point for what I call the silliness combo. Seeing Ben and Jerry spend the day together doing couples things, plus Ron continually stealing the scene with his ridiculousness. Mm. I'm going to give half point for what I call the support combo. A tip of the hat to the supporting cast, including Ron, Tom, and Andy. Even though Tom and Andy in some cases felt slightly wasted. Yeah. I'm going to give half point for what I call the resolution combo. Leslie coming up with an idea for the youth committee, who in turn came up with the idea for the unity concert. Ben giving Leslie a great scrapbook and then getting the Iron Throne. April and Donna clearing the air and being good with each other once again. And then finally, I'm going to give half point for the Iron Throne scene. Like the kicker was absolutely hilarious. So you add all those crazy points up and you come up with 8.0 little Sebastians for me. Um, 
I got to tell you, depending on my frame of mind, my score for this episode varied from like 7.0 all the way up to 9.0. As it is, I'll stand by my score. So Parks, you get 8.0 little Sebastians and a warning. Get get your act together. Keep your high points. Make the show flow more consistently. You'll do just fine. You'll do just fine, kid. You'll be fine. Anyway, Alan, do something with that there, Scooby there. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Your turn. Well, thank you, Mark. I, I'll take the Scooby now and do the thing with the thing. Yeah. So my MVPs, I did also co-MVPs. Uh, this is going to start to sound familiar. We're Adam. Yeah. And Nick. So I, I like yours better almost. <sighs> now that I heard you say it, I want to steal it, but I just you can't do that. In good conscience, plus I can tell you, I if, can't, if last week's recording ever surfaces, then they'll know I'm a fake. So I don't. Want I can't. That. I can't argue with Nick. Yeah, it just you know I'd say in in a lot of ways. I mean, he I liked the C story, but he made it that much better. I, I just like kind he, of being peppering in like little Ronisms for almost no reason whatsoever. I feel like he in in some ways saved it. Although that sounds a little harsh because I don't mean that like no. as a as a detraction from Aubrey Plaza and no, Retta. They, they did a great. fine fine job, yeah. but I think Ron's presence elevated it from meh to meh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, seeing more of Retta this week was terrific. And the, the whole, you know, her Mjolnir. going Mjolnir on, on, <laughs> on, the, on the whomever was guilty was amazing. And the whole camera push in, that was one of my favorite uh, visual sequences ever. A little off-putting at first, but then the more I see it, the more I like it. Yeah. So it's terrific. You're such a nerd. Yeah, it is a nerdy thing for sure. <laughs> You're right. Um, you know, I felt like there was good bench use here. Again, you kind of said it as well, getting Jim and Retta a little more screen time than we're used to. I'd love yeah. to see that trend continue. We'll see yeah. if that happens. Um, I feel like this this episode had lots of peaks and valleys. Mm. And I think you said that in a slightly different way, but, you know, very, very really laugh out loud funny moments, followed by some meh. And, you know, I got to thinking about it and I'm like, this show is... For whatever reason, the sum of its parts are not as good as they should be, right? Mm -hmm. Like the total score that you would give this. And I started to break that apart and kind of look at it. You know, we had one of the best kickers ever. And, you know, the visual, you know, with Adam Scott doing the amazing, you know, physicality. Do you have an Alan Rubric now? I I don't really have an Alan Rubric. Um, Yeah, I I could try to make one up here, I suppose. But yeah. My, my base score would have been like a four as well, I think, here, if I were doing it that way. Mm. Um, you know, I felt like the, it was a good wrap-up of the storylines. But again, it had a lot of low points, and maybe it was the the pacing. But I think when I really thought about it, I didn't like the DeMarcos. And when you've got somebody mm. that basically on screen and inside the A story... I don't know. I think it makes you, you feel gotta give them at least it. like a little bit of a redeeming factor. Something. A little we bit. We never saw it. They yeah. were just awful people that we kind of wanted to go away. Yeah. And those two actors are amazing. Yeah, they are. So it was a little sad that they, I, I don't know. I would they like to see wasted. them do something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like a little bit more, uh, like ability multidimensional factor. rather yeah. than just grouchy yeah. Grouchersons. Like, I know this is hard to say or hard to do, execute and easy for me to say, but like if they could have made them each individually likable, but made it clear they didn't like work together. Like when they're together, together couple, they're like a fire and ice. Yeah, yeah. That could have been very funny, I think, and and maybe use their comedic assets a little better. So. I like that idea. Yeah. 
I, and I'm not sure how to do that. And it's easy for me to, like I said, just to say it and make it up. Like it could be that easy to write, but you know, that's not why they get paid to do this. Yeah, you're not on the iron throne. You can't just decree things. <laughs> yes. No. No. Wench, come hither. Come hither, peasant. Who are you? <laughs> Don't say that stuff about a starship. That's I'm sorry. But, and then having once, I, I forgot to say this last time, but having <laughs> Leslie so out of tune with the thing Ben loves it's just still so but, funny. But trying so hard. But trying. But just she She's doesn't. Sweet. Yes. Leslie okay. doesn't get it. Leggy. Leggy. <laughs> Love it. Oh, my God. We got to intro. I think we just introduced <laughs> it. New trope. Put it on the wall. Oh, my gosh. I felt the groupings were a little interesting. You know, Leslie, Andy, Tom, Ben and Jerry, of course, other than ice cream. That, that's not a normal thing. And then, you know, Donna, April, Ron. And I think we've actually seen Donna, April, Ron before. And, it, you know, it kind of maybe played, it was probably another C story, I'm guessing, and probably was the same kind of deal. It was okay and funny at moments, but just something about it. I don't know. Um, I do think it's interesting to see, to show a conflict between a younger boss and an older employee mm -hmm. through the lens of the boss. Normally, you see that through the older person, like, oh, my God. I'm not going to let this younger, younger tell me what to do. You know, I, I did that once in real life. But, you know, outside that. Once. <laughs> fair enough. But, 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 yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. You know, the boss isn't always comfortable either. So I think they did a good job with it. Maybe they could have played that up for more. But it's not the C, C story's job to carry the episode. And I think I the agree. deficits of the A story hurt this, it too much. And, and I really like the B story. I have very little bad things to say about the B story. Yeah. So overall, I felt this was like you. I was back and forth. Last week, I gave this eight and a half, I think, because I had just watched it. I think if I had scored it last night because I didn't watch it again, because, you know, we've already done this once before. <laughs> I probably would have given it an eight today as well. Would you? I do. I think that has uh, an impact on me. And I think it, you've said as much about you. You know, there's the whole how we feel and then there's the technical thing. Right. But what's interesting is with both of us, I think that we can split it into those two lanes. Yeah. But which one we end up going with sometimes differs. I know I do. Yes, absolutely. And last week, I think because I had let the ha-has of the episode rule the day i gave it the eight and a half but could totally agree with your eight on any given day as well so yeah so i have a question for you yeah so i think we've both said in our reviews how is is kind of uneven yeah right there, there are a lot of a lot of really impressive highs yes. and then just a lot of meh yeah if you could choose between an episode being like giving you real belly laughs yeah, but yeah. then having some some meh that brings it down to having something that's just consistently, hey, like not not great, but not bad. Yeah. What do you think you'd prefer? I think the latter, because I think you, your overall impression is better. Like it never reached the heights of a 10, but it was consistently funny throughout and well plotted, but not the best episode. I think I like that episode better than I like this episode generally. See, that's interesting because I was thinking about that for myself. I think I'd prefer the former because really? I, I think being able to watch an episode, and I kind of said this at the end of my review, yeah. is being able to watch an episode and to say, you are going to give me uncontrollable belly laughs at like three or four points during right. the episode. Right. And there may be some points where I'm like, yeah, but yeah. if you can make me laugh almost against my will a few times, 
I, I value that very much. I yeah. mean, there's not a right or wrong answer. No, I'm just no, you're curious. Right. I, I, I totally see that. There's no right answer to this, but I, I see both sides of that coin for sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, on my last note, I wrote, you know, I wrote a little arrow pointed up at the Unity concert. And I, I think the goal here, and we've said this before, there have been other mechanical episodes that are maybe, I won't say they're not as funny or not as well written on purpose, but they don't put as much emphasis on that because we're trying to grow up to something and they want to peak with the unity concert. Right. right. So we got to start building that ramp. I'd say we're definitely not at the bottom of the ramp, but maybe we're not very far up on the ramp yet with this episode. So, yeah, I can see that. So it gives us something to look forward to. Yeah. So we'll see what they do with it. Very good. Yeah. Well, Mark, we will actually be back <laughs> next time. I would say next week, but you know, who knows? Who's going to sit on the button this week? I don't know. We put a third strip of duct tape over it? Definitely. Something. Yes. My yes. God. Um, actually, you know what we need to do? Hmm. Please push this button. It's important. It's imperative you push this button. Oh, it'll it will never get, get totally done. ignored. Yep. Screw that. Let's you fix can't that. tell me what to do. Let's do you that. whippersnapper. Yep. And then we can be back next time. Episode 6.15, The Wall. The Wall. Yeah. Mm. And then, of course, like I said, we were able to salvage our interview with Tuck. You got to hear some clips of that last oh, good. last week, I think. But um, here very soon, we'll have that Sp- Pawnee Spotlight episode. And that, that was a great interview. Tuck that was, was an great awesome interview. guest. So yeah, yeah. I was very happy that we were able to salvage that. Oh, me too. Me that was going to be an embarrassing phone call. Yeah. Hey, could we talk to you again? I know you're, you do stuff and you're really famous. <laughs> he, stuff, he has but... nothing else to do but to talk to us. Yeah. That's the good news. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I can't believe it. After this, we have only 20 more, 21 more episodes to go and we're like done, done. Can at you the, believe it? At the rate we're going, it would take 40 weeks to get all those done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's all going to be fine. It's all going to work out for me. It'll here be and... fine. It, that's crazy that the we're not close says, to that. It's fine. It's fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Yep. Yeah. Got to believe it, Mark. Yep. Got to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining us. Thank you for listening as always and watching. If you're doing that somehow, tell us how you do that. Yeah. Uh, it creeps me out a little if you are, but go out on Apple Podcasts, rate and review us. We would really, really appreciate that. Please. And we look forward to seeing you next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us. Contact us.